You're listening to KILI Radio, 90.1 FM, 88.7 FM, Rapid City, online, KILIRadio.org. Relatives, we also have a podcast. You can find us on podcasts wherever they're at. And today I am talking with Ray Taken Alive. This is our second interview. Now, I, the, the first one I enjoyed very much. And, and in all honesty, the second one was just one of those ones. It was like... My reasoning for interviewing you was for this interview initially, but we got talking. Yeah, it yeah, was, it was a lot of fun, man. I it like you kind of had we kind of had the vibe where we were just BSing and like we just two minutes blink your eyes and then it was like an hour, it hour was gone, dude. or something. Yeah, and and what was crazy is like the second part, like 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 those of that heard the first one are going to hear the second one and they're. they're, they're it's not going to be the same podcast mm-hmm. or same, I'm sorry, interview. Yeah. yeah. But, dude, let's get started, man. I mean, right, this man. is the one that I've been wanting to talk to you about. <laughs> but let, 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 let's start like this, Ray. Okay. Tell me what the language means to you. What does the Lakota language mean to you? Right now, um, I guess... Not to sound corny, but everything. <laughs> um, I think of that scene from Goodwill Hunting where he's like, he asks that student what he's doing, and then the student's like, everything. And he's like, come on, Vinny, pay attention. But that's that's how it feels right now. It's like everything. Um, because like, like I think we talked about this last time when we when I first started learning the language and kind of the, the feelings I had within um, about the, how good I felt that the language like brought tears to my eyes. I felt a lot of healing. I felt really good. Um, and today, right now, um, working in the language with our kids, with my daughter, that's one thing that I I think about a lot the most is how to help my daughter to get the language. Um, and there's a lot of questions involved in that, daily questions. It's like, I want to speak as much as I can to her, but what if I'm speaking wrong? And what if I'm giving her language the wrong way? Right. And then um, the constant battle of like just wanting to communicate with my daughter, um, playing and joking and teasing, but trying to do it in the language, but I don't have that language yet, uh, different things like that. I kind of struggle with that on a daily, on a daily basis. But um, the language, it just like... Uh, a friend says, you know, when the language takes you, it takes you, you know, and that's kind of how I felt or how I feel. I was, I, I, I was exposed to it at Takini and when I went to school, we had teachers that had come in, you know, hour a week or, or whatever they did. I remember that. Um, and then didn't get uh, any here, uh, didn't get much here, I should say. And then went to Black Hill State, took a class um, with Rosalie Little Thunder, who, who looking back now, I wasn't, I didn't appreciate the opportunity i didn't appreciate enough of what i was getting um from rosalie she's an amazing person um miss her a lot and uh, but at that time i was just young just trying to get through school you didn't you know and so anyway i started learning again sitting with college about six years ago and from then on it's it's been a part of my daily life um had a good teacher um and uh what it really did was it started to, again, to sound cliche, to sound corny, but to bring me back home um, within myself. And it got me close. It really 
strengthened a lot of relationships and I and I had started making new relationships with my grandmother was one um my grandmother Dolores she was really big into the language work and I got really really close with her um she was like my person you know people talk about their person she was my person um and pick up go with her uh take her out to eat take my recorder with her I'd go over to her house and and has and uh take her children's books and have her explain the children's books not translate them but just explain the children's books and uh, take me through different things like that and um so we we just you know so that and then trying to connect with my grandmother and my dad you know that's another relationship now that me and my dad kind of have is real cool is is going over old recordings and recordings and asking him what did they mean here what did they say there because because me i think i'm understanding the language but i'm really not it's like a very surfacey kind of shallow area and my dad will tell me you know the deeper aspects and parts of it but it took a long time it i you know in my arrogance i think i'm understanding but you know so i, I just like hey maybe i don't understand i want to ask and see what my dad has to say and so i started doing that and it was just really eye-opening I, I i sorry i didn't mean to no, interrupt you good. here but like there was this uh on, on our first interview uh, you made mention like the first thing that were that 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 you just said and when i asked you what's the first thing a language learner can do to regain the language into their everyday life and what you told me and i'm paraphrasing here but you can correct me however but you told me Go out and find that relationship that you should have with your relatives because mm -hmm. everybody, not everybody, but mostly everybody has somebody in their life that can speak Lakota. Mm -hmm. And, dude, I got two people coming at me from very respectable places. I would name drop like crazy, but I'm getting bad at that, and that's not good. <laughs> but they, they, they straight up told me, like, that's the best advice that anybody could give to a language learner. Mm -hmm. is to go build that relationship. And it's crazy too because like relationships in 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 indigenous communities that's a hard request, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But for real though, that was probably some of the best advice that I mean, it sounds so simple. Mhm. Mm yeah, and that's something that I didn't see and I overlooked the relationship aspect of it all cuz I think too often at times we try to turn our language into a thing, you know, it's like a school subject, it's a thing, you know, so we want to sit with books and we want to sit with recordings and different things, but in Lakota country, I've come to f learn this too, that we're very, very lucky that we have our speakers, um, there are other languages that, you know, they're working off of old recordings um, and, and don't have any of the speakers that grew up as first language speakers, but anyway, so... To me, if I could tell me five or six years ago or back even longer to, to go about learning the language, it's go and build those relationships because to me, that's what it's about. That's that's really what it's about. Um, and, and getting close to people, getting close to someone. But like you said, that that's kind of awkward in Lakota country. It feels like, especially with elders, because of the deep respect we have for elders and that we don't want to be pushy that's one thing that i struggle with is like i want to spend a lot of time with you and like like almost creepy like let's go everywhere let's go to the store let's go wherever but i don't want to like you know 
make an elder feel uncomfortable or like I'm forcing myself into their spaces. You know what I mean? But right. but the relationship aspect about it is just trying to find that balance. It's kind of a, a lot of balance stuff, you know. But um, and so to me, that's what it. That's what it's about is the relationships. It's 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 continuing those to deepen and strengthen those. Um, and trying to get away from all the books and stuff, you know, it's a living language. It's a it's a living being. I heard an elder refer to it as a spirit, you know. So it's like we have this as Lakota people, and between each other, you know, and we can't separate this into a book, into a subject, a subject, into a thing. You know, it's a part of us, and it's a part of our relationships. How 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 am this is a hard question. How hard is it to explain to potential learners that this is a life hack? Or you know what I'm trying to say here? That this is one of the things about like becoming a human is to be people are always looking for truth. They want they want like they want security, they want spirituality, mm-hmm. they want that wholesome. And I can't every every second language learner that's kind of perceived as a a speaker mm-hmm. all have this in common that i've noticed they feel much more full mm-hmm. you know their nari yep. their spirit is mm-hmm. that much more full talk about that a little bit please. yeah um and i can only speak from my personal experience but you do feel like um more at peace within and whether that comes out to someone else is more full or more confident or whatever it's like a um it's it's just a it's just I, it's hard to explain. It's a peace within, and so like, part of me I, I I'm in counseling. You know, I've been in counseling for a while, and and try to do a lot of this mental health stuff. And and one thing that has really really helped my mental health is the language. Is listening to the language. Is um, you know, it's one of the most amazing feelings when an elder is speaking to you and you can understand them and you can say something back to them and they understand you or, um, or here, my, uh, my uncle works here and, and my dad's here and, and, uh, they tease each other and my uncle will tease my, tease my dad or say something in Lakota and then they'll laugh. And then oh, like, man. and then when I get to pick those up, man it just like you feel included yeah, on something feels, right you feel included like it, just thinking about it man i feel yeah. like i'm like beaming or something but but it, it's, it's just really it's just a really good feeling i remember um one of the um there's there's been a couple really cool things that happened but um one time my daughter was asking me how do you how do you get down like how do you say this and I said something. She's like, "That's not how you say it, Dad. You say glitchu." And she corrected me. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're right, huh?" Because that's how actually Brian told me to say it. So uh-huh. I was like, you know. And then we were busy, went about our day. And like two hours later, I was like, almost in tears. <laughs> so it's like, man, my daughter corrected me on Lakota, and I was, and I was, I couldn't have like, I couldn't have dreamed that. You know what I mean? It was awesome. And then another time was, um, I was making copies down the hall um i was making copies and we, i was listening to a, one of my grandmother's recordings and i was like uh I, I was just focusing on on making my copies and i was understanding what she's talking about she's talking about names and lakota names and how we get our names i was like oh man that's cool this and that and then i stopped and then i went back through and i was like man this is all in lakota 
I was like, man, I, I was thinking in Lakota without translating. You know, like oh, that, man. That, that was like, I've only done it twice. But like where, where like a, you see Traspan, then you go, okay, that's an apple. You translate it into apple. But that one time it was like, that's just a Traspan. Like without translating into English. Yeah. And I didn't realize I was doing it, but it, it felt like it was so much work, man, because... And it's a little word. Yeah, and like, and like, and so with that is like, at that time, I was spending four or five hours a morning, like working on my language. Like, like for li- real? Like listening, transcribing, translating, like all, I was just crazy with it. And, uh, and so when that happened, like it felt like I was one of the first times I've ever like thought in Lakota. And then I, I, I was like, that was awesome. So I played the video again. <laughs> I, then I started translating. I started translating it, and then I lost it. And then, the, and then I, and then I haven't been able to do it again. It's because it's like, um, man, the state you were in, though. Yeah, like you were in the same. I mean, like, I mean, it's like the junior version of like of being a, a speaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, man, it was it was hard to explain. I've heard people like language learners and other languages talk about that, where you just start to like think in that language and and like it happened one time, and then when I realized it, it was gone, and it's been gone forever. I know. And so like and so now I'm back to like trying to translate, and I get bucked off, and then I try to get back on, and I try to catch up, and I try to fill in the blank, and this and that. And it's I, interesting. You kind of play it like writing. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Because I think about this, like my mom, especially because she's her language, she she thinks all in her language, yeah. which which is like, like, I get it how talking is exhausting for her because mm-hmm. it's like she's had she's having to translate every time and yeah. she's probably gotten used to it where she's she's able to spit it out now without uh, but thinking. But like whenever I see her talk amongst her sisters. You just watch yeah. like a literal world yeah. go down and all of a sudden laughter comes yeah. out. And then like, it's just like, I mean, watching my mom and her sisters talk or her brothers just in front of me and yeah. as they just like communicate fast and they're like, all of a sudden it's almost like watching a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like I've, when my dad and my uncles are doing that, I've, I never ever hear my dad laugh like how he laughs when he's when they're joking in Lakota never like it's just this weird like belly laugh like scream laugh I'm like whoa man where'd that come from you know and and I've never I never see him like that you know and 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 he's and he tries to explain it sometimes but he always says it loses it when you when you translate into English you know different things like that You, you know one of the things I love is when an elder says I can't translate that I don't know how to put that in English I can't translate this thought into right. English. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like, I'm really jealous of that. I'm like, what is going on? I would like to, you know, get in your brain. Like, what does that mean, you know, to not be able to translate something into English? Like that Lakota thought. And that, yeah, that's, I, I, I just, I'm, I wonder what they're thinking, you know. Yeah. And they don't know how to, like, get it out, you know. It's just, it's kind of a cool thought. All right, man. Let's get into the meat and potatoes here. All right. All right. So what's your beef with LLC here, man? <laughs> so, all right. 
first of all, I want to preface this. Stuff. Okay, yeah, okay. I want I want to be convinced that you're just not a person scorned here. Okay, exactly, right? Yeah. What's this 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 guy doing all the time? Yeah, settle right. in so, here. Settle in here. So, um, when I first started learning language, I used their products, like the Lakota Language Consortium grammar grammar book. Um, a lot of their different things, uh, the teachers I learned from were their teachers who were taught by them. Um, and I went along with all that stuff for four or five years. You know, um, I took one class with uh, Jan Ulrich, the linguistic director for the Lakota Language Consortium, who refers to himself as Crazy Buffalo. I'll get into that in a little bit. But so, and my grandmother worked with them. Okay, she did a lot of their stuff, their language summer institutes and all this and all that stuff. So I always felt uncomfortable, but I was like, eh, my grandma's, my grandma's here. So if anything is getting out of line or, or whatever, you know. And, and this wasn't um, the Lakota Language Consortium necessarily. This was the Standing Rock group that learned from a lot of their stuff. So I guess it wasn't exactly LLC, but, you know, it, it came from a lot of that that kind of teaching methods and ideas and different things in, in their materials and so i felt uncomfortable i went with it um my my when she did it and so she passed from covid she passed from covid in um august 2020 and uh you know that was my person so it was a really difficult difficult time man um and and you know the natural grieving and stuff like that and so i was going back through her recordings and I wanted to hear everything she had ever said because it was like, what if I missed something? What if she told me and I missed it? You know, what, what if, you know, she said something about our family, our oral history, and I missed it, you know? And so I was like, um, I was like, I'm going to try to get all the recordings from, from wherever, you know, I'm going to get all the recordings from, from wherever she, she had recorded. And so I reached out to Jan Ulrich, um, who's, who's the LLC guy. And everyone told me, you know, he just cares about the language. He just does it for the language and, and whatever. And so I reached out. I said, hey, do you have any of my grandmother's recordings? Could you send over? Because he had sent me a recording of Pete Ketch's Sr. Uh, previous to that. And and I didn't, I had really minimal interactions with this guy. You mm -hmm. know, I, I really did. I didn't, yeah. it was nothing, you know, and, and we didn't have no beef or nothing. And I thought, oh, okay, he'll just send me the recordings. It's a simple Dropbox file or a or a YouTube file, or just a little link, you know? So right. I didn't think nothing of it. And then all of a sudden, he gives me this answer about he can't send it over, they need a grant, they do high, they have high standards for their work. And in that moment, I became very, very aware of the power structure there. You have a Lakota person asking a non-Lakota person, um, for their own grandmother's recordings, you know, that really opened my eyes right there. I, I was totally just in this moment. I was I was totally awoken to something. I was like, "What is this? What is going on here? Why am I asking for my grandmother's recordings and being told no?" You know, that kind of opened my eyes to stuff. You know. And then, so I asked him on Facebook. I asked him on Messenger. I asked him on um, it's still nothing? email. Yeah, and he kept giving me this stuff, you know. And I'm like, just send the link, man. What is? That's it. Just send the link. And so he had went and had a um, 
conversation with the, the Language and Culture Institute for Standing Rock director. So they kind of had this meeting behind my back, and I'm like, send my recordings. And he was trying to meet on like Zoom and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not going to meet with you. I need everything in writing. I need everything written down because I don't, I don't trust what's going on right now. So the you know, walls are going up at this point. Yeah, like I I I'm 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 just I'm like, I was just really like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Um, with the dynamics, I was really a, aware of the dynamics. Why am I as a Lakota person asking a non-Lakota person for my grandma's recordings and being told no and being given the runaround? You know, it's if I asked you, it'd be a simple, oh, here it is. Oh, here. You know, if you asked. Well, it wouldn't be super simple, but yeah. Yeah, I pretty much. hand it over. Yeah. And, and like, and KLND did do this. I didn't even ask them. I wasn't even talking to them. I was just making statuses. And all of a sudden, their station manager shows up with a huge drive, one of those big terabyte drives. Yeah, and yeah. said, here's all your grandmother's recordings. And I was like this is how Lakota people do it. I would you love know? to do that to yeah. somebody. Yeah, this like, like I was like, oh, I wasn't even beefing with you guys. Like that's not, oh, oh but thank you. Like right. this is awesome. And right. that's how we would handle that situation. That's how we treat each other. You know what I mean? It's right. it's your family stuff. Exactly. You know? I've done that before. I've yeah. done that tons of times to people where the, I just thought, hey, this is something I had recorded. Maybe you thought. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's that's what I thought would happen. And so when it didn't, I was just like, whoa, whoa, what is going on here? And then I, I started thinking. And, and so they had this meeting, the LCI director and, and Jan Ulrich. And I'm like, dude, send me my, my grandma's recordings. He's like, oh, go talk to the director. They know me and this and that. And I'm like. So he's pushing it off on somebody else. Yeah, he's pushing it off on somebody else. Um, and since that moment, you know, um, they've gone back and forth. He tried to talk to my uncle and send recordings and this and that. And, and so, and so. Is that what you mean by behind your back? They're trying to like. Yeah. He, that, he's, he's trying to like, he's talking to my, my uncle. He's talking to the LCI director and I don't appreciate that. You know what I mean? Just so like, so this is what, so this is what starts it all. No, nobody would appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. And people keep talking like I'm crazy, like. Oh no, he just cares about the language. He just loves the language. And then I started saying, "We'll see," because I'm going to start testing and pushing. And the way I, I I always viewed this is, you can tell more by a person's reaction to something than their words, right? So if so, I'm going to push on this, and I'm going to see what their reactions are. If they're truly about this language, they truly care about this language, then they're going to do all they can to help. Right. And, and to to do whatever we ask or, you know, if you get accused of something I'm like, oh, no, my bad. I didn't mean that like this. You know, that's how usually people would react. But they dug in their heels and started fighting. And so that's where I started to see that in their reaction. I was like, oh, they ain't about this life right here. So so I started. I was, was going to ask, what did you do to push? I, so this is what happened. I started looking at their copyright. I opened one of their books, um, either their grammar book or their um, their dictionary, and then I read it, and it and it said uh, 
and it had a copyright thing in the on the inside. All rights reserved. No part of this publication may be reproduced or transmitted in any form or by any means electronic or mechanical, including photocopying, recording, or any information storage and retrieval system without permission in writing from the publisher. Dude, you got that on memory, bro. I was like, this is our language. Like, who I'm supposed to ask these guys if I can use our language, my own language? You know, I was like, what? what is this? You know, I was just asking questions. I honestly didn't know at the time. I was like, what is this? Who gave them permission to copyright? Who did they get permission from all of our Lakota speaking tribes? Like what happened here? And so then people told me, Oh, it's just a, it's just a, um, normal everyday day to day, um, copyright, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And again, that thought made me feel uncomfortable I'm like, we're going to trust American laws of copyright on our indigenous language? That bothers me because of so like several reasons here. I don't mean to interrupt here. No, I really don't. I'm here for you. But like, I, I, I want to share something with you. So like, um, like my grandmother, she's a rug maker. She became a master yep. weaver. And I, 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 don't, I don't have anything that belongs to her. Mm-hmm. I don't have the the yarn she used to make the spindle. I don't and I and I cannot afford her rugs. There's just no way I'd be able to afford her rugs. She is one of the very few people that has that that uh, master weaver design. Her rugs are in the Smithsonian. They're just beautiful templates. And I don't have any access to it. Unbelievable. It it, it blow it it frustrates me mm. to my core. I mean. And but this is something that's tangible, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. you can touch a rug, yeah. you can, you can feel a rug, but what that would do for me, for my soul, for mm-hmm. my children, for my grandchildren, is far more exponential than exp- bigger than. Mm-hmm. So this 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 kind of like kind of this kind of like makes me think a lot here, and this and this is the area that I'm in now, and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like curious here. So so there you are. Finding out that there's a copyright and that there's a protection against itself. So now you're in this position like, why do you need to be protected? Mm -hmm. So this is our Lakota language. And so these American laws, have we ever been hurt by American laws before? That's not a, that's not something I would want to trust. Oh, that's just a common American law. Like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, 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 whoa. let's take a look at this first, right? Because everyone's going to tell you, you can't copyright a language. That's what they're going to tell you because that's the international law, uh, whatever. But so that's why we can't get our languages taken through copyright. But you can take the intellectual property of a language and take it that way. So this happened to the Penobscot. They're, uh, they're this is tribe. another tribe? This is another tribe. This is a tribe. They had their last speaker, I want to say, in the 70s or 80s. Um, and a non-Penobscot linguist went out to their island and started um, making a dictionary. Um, you know, recording, doing a dictionary yeah. like this. After their last speaker passed, he was the only one who had a dictionary. So in effect, he took ownership of that language because you can't go down the hall and say, how do you say this? How do you say that? What's going on? You know, this was in the New Yorker. So the so through intellectual property, he came to own that language. 
right? And that's scary. That's really, really scary to me. Um, so he passed. He passed. He was kind of a um, quirky guy. He he collected just like rare manuscripts, rare books, and this and that. He passed, and his collection went to his daughters. His daughters auctioned off his collection, ended up getting $12.5 million off of this stuff. But his his dictionary he gave to like the american philosophical society or why what, i don't know exactly right give it to the tribe it's the tribes give it to the tribe <laughs> yeah and so the tribe is trying to work with this aps to get it back they're still with their own language yeah but but i think the aps is trying to work with them I right, I, right, right so that it's it it could end a little better than the direction it was going but still exactly so Okay, what, sorry. I don't mean to keep interrupting. You're good. What Lakota tribe has a copyrighted dictionary right now? I can't tell you that. I don't know. Just see, this is my problem. This is a, a fear. This is what I'm worried about. But everyone keeps telling me you can't copyright a language. You can't copyright a language. Um, you can't take a language through copyright, right? But it's through these intellectual property laws. <clears throat> and so, you know, we had a big ceremony with the endowment of arts, with the and the National Endowment of Arts, and they had these wax recordings of mm -hmm. our elders. And dude, we just got this back like ten years yep. ago. The what's on those wax recordings? It was the um, what was her name? Um, you would know. I mean, I'm sure you would know. But like, the, there was were wax, wax recordings of some of the oldest recordings a long time ago. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I mean, the, even the sounds different. Like, you know, it's real high pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, yep. it's really high. That's not. I mean, yeah. And, and so, like, what's I? If you in the in the Economist, um, they talked in 2017 that data is more valuable than oil right now. Okay, and, explain that a little bit, please. So um, think about the five richest companies, Facebook, Google's parent company, um, I think Amazon, and uh, I can't remember, Apple. You know, They deal in data. They take data, and then they, they make money off of the advertisements, off of that's how right, they get right. a lot of the revenues. And these are multi-billion dollar companies. Yeah. And so Yeah, the richest people yeah. on earth. And so that's that's what it was that's what the article was saying is that data is more valuable than oil. Data is the most valuable thing in the world right now. Right? And this is our data. This this Lakota language so how, how, what do we refer to as data? You know, ones, zeros, ones, codes. That's right, how people right. think of it, you know, a lot of times or or whatever. But we've collected data from from the beginning. You know, our data is our stories. Our data is our songs. Our data is our language. Our data are our winner counts. Our data, this is data to us. You know what I'm saying? And our teachings, you know, this, this is data. And so what we have now is we have people coming in taking our data, taking our intellectual property and profiting off of it, you know. So the Maori always ask four questions. Whose data is it? The language, it's ours. Who benefits from it? Um, 
indirectly we do i guess we're supposed to if we buy it back indirectly we could <laughs> who financially benefits from it not us not us um and who controls it not us not us right so what you have is you have non-lakota institutions colleges um colorado indiana marquette creighton we're all usd where all the big lakota data is right you have linguists that come and they they mine this data from these institutions and they extract this data from them. And so you have a non-Lakota person asking a non, another non-Lakota person if they can take our data. And that's what happens. And then they copyright it and then sell it back to us. And our language departments pay for this stuff and, and we get it back to us like that. Right. Where are the families in this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Who's, whose grandmother's on this recording? Um, you know, uh, like, I got a friend of mine's recording. It's his grandfather, Sidney Keith from Cheyenne River. You know, the first thing first thing we do when we get a recording, we try to find the family. Hey, this is yours. Right. You know, that's how we operate. Not, hey, I'm taking this. I'm going to copyright it. I'm going to make a book. I'm going to slang this. And then I'm going to make some money back for myself. Wow. That's what's happened. Well, I mean, for sure, that's not a Lakota thought process. No, it's not. And that's what's happened with our language data, right? Hmm. So Colorado had the university... Um, Colorado University Language Project. And uh, these two guys went around, David Rude, Alan Taylor. They went around our reservations in the 60s, 70s, 80s, collecting data, doing interviews, recordings. Um, I know which ones you're talking about, yeah. yeah. And they did these books, you know, they did they did a lot of these books. Right. Um, and so David Rude was on the LLC board in 2006. And so he gave them this stuff. But... Um, and this is a lot of stuff that's being worked out, but did he have the authority to do that? Because when stuff is grant funded, those grants own part of that stuff. Right. And under the Colorado University blanket, they would have had to get in from the Colorado administration and different things like that, right? And Not so, even in the people's hands yeah. either. And so who's missing out of this right. equation? The people. Us, you know. And then another one is Indiana. So Raymond DeMolly and Douglas Parks, again, two two researchers they went around our tribes and they recorded this stuff and they got this stuff and translations transcriptions and stuff and they built up this huge collection a couple dictionaries they did this with arikara and lakota and i'm not sure any other languages maybe there are and they did this same thing right and so this is so this is where the llc got a lot of their stuff it's mm. from colorado university and indiana methods or yeah well yeah so that's a whole nother conversation right that's a whole nother conversation methods and approaches um yeah i, I see what you're saying yeah but like so our data is being mined it's being taken it's being repackaged some some cute little graphics some different things sold back to us you know what i'm saying and that's the problem. So we have our language departments paying this consortium for our own data when these people should be paying our language departments, right? Yeah. Who benefits from it? Who controls it? Who f should financially benefit it from it? Whose data is it? Uh -huh. So all those questions need to be us, 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 and us. So, so you bring up the Maori when you talk about this. Can you talk a little bit about like why, why you use them as reference? So they have done a lot of work in this area um and uh, uh kiani his name is um he's actually hawaiian but he works with the maori he's a programmer he he did a talk for natives and tech and he was talking about indigenous data sovereignty and me and uh, me dallas nelson 
um, Thunder Valley. I know Dallas. Dr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know Dallas. So we, we started like getting interested in this stuff. We went to college together at Black Hill State, but we started getting interested in this stuff. And then he, uh, the Maori through Kiani did a talk on indigenous data sovereignty. And once we saw that, it kind of like clicked. It just kind of like changed our minds on a lot of things, opened our eyes to a lot of things. So what we have is, so the Maori, one thing um, is they, 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 said we need to view our language and our intellectual property like we do our land. And that hit me between the eyes. You know what I'm saying? The land, we don't own the land. Right. But we're the guardians of this land because the creator gave us this little piece of land that we're to take care of, we're to look after. Our sacred sites are here. Our ancestors are buried here. You know, this, all this kind of stuff. And they said that they treat their land how they treat their language, how they treat their land and protecting it. It's ours to protect. We got this from the creator. It's ours to protect. And so, so how that kind of manifest manifests. And I think this is interesting is in a lot of our constitutions in the, in the standing rock one, three quarters of the last um, election who voted mm -hmm. have to sign to sign away our land. But what happens with our data is someone can um, plop a, a waiver in front of somebody. They can sign it. Right. They could record the creation story. They could record the pipe filling song. They could record the four direction song. They right. could record anything to this entity. And then they now own it forever. That is a Ooh. scary thought. Yeah. See. And so that's how they say, can one person sign over our sacred stories? our songs forever right so that's what the maori is the individual rights versus the collective to me the way i see it is when a non-lakota person comes in and sets up a copyright around your language it's like someone from the outside coming into the middle of the res and setting up a big fence and saying this is mine now and when we honor that as indig indigenous people we're honoring that theft so if we honor copyrights like this, we're honoring that theft. Even 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 like agreeing that it exists to me is honoring that theft, you know, because it happened to me, right? So they set up a copyright on this stuff. I'm asking for my grandmother's um, recordings and I'm being told no. It's like someone trying to come into your land. So so up here we have the big hunting thing, right? So our, our tribe is pretty good about if if non-Lakota people lease land, um, they cannot tell a non-Lakota hunter or a Lakota hunter that they can't hunt it because it's Standing Rock land. Dude, that would be so dope if I could just say that to some ranchers I know. <laughs> yeah. And so like, so this, um, so whenever a non-Lakota rancher tells Lakota hunters they can't come onto the onto Standing Rock land that they're leasing, the tribe is pretty good about taking their leases from them because you can't do that. You cannot tell a standing oh rock. Oh my God, I would love to exercise yeah. that right. Exactly, right? You can't tell a standing rock hunter that you, they can't come on standing rock land. And that's what's happening with our language, hmm. right? You're telling a standing rock person that he can't access his Lakota language, his grandmother's language. Like, who's controlling it controlling access you know what i'm saying so to me we have to treat our land like we treat our we have to treat our language like we treat our land we have to protect it 
you know, for the next generations. And what would you do? What would we do if we could go back 150 years when these treaties were being made, when this land with this Dawes allotment, and we know now, and then take that information back then, what would we do? I don't think they would have stopped fighting. You know what I'm saying? I don't even, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I just, yeah. that's the first thought, you know, yeah. but like, or we would have got really smart, really quick, really quick with some lawyering and like, yeah. we're going to do this thing and we're exactly. going to make sure we get this and that that's happening in real time. What are we going to do as Lakota people for our language? That's the way I see this fight. This is why I wake up every morning, like just ready to rock and roll you know what are we gonna do now to protect our language our songs our stories for the next generation so that they can never ever ever be told no for what's theirs their mm -hmm. rights their birthright you know so that's that's kind of where i'm coming from man people don't understand where i'm coming from a lot of times you know and so i get labeled as miserable vindictive like all of these things i'm like hold that thought <laughs> hold that thought ray hold that thought ray i like where you're going but i gotta do my radio thing real quick okay. you're listening to kili radio voice of the lakota nation i'm sitting across the table from uh ray taken alive he's uh currently He's got some issues pertaining to uh, copyrights and LLC, and so that's where we're at right now. I'm sitting across the table talking with him. Thank you very much for joining us. So, um, Ray, I, I wanted to ask you that. What has happened? Because it, it almost got to a point, from my perspective, like you were a one-man stance. Mm. Not to say that you would ever say that you were by yourself on yeah. this, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that like, on social media, mm -hmm. where... like. A lot of information is 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 shared and i'm noticing now that well talk about that well, how much has that affected you personally i'm curious about that because you were saying just a little while ago that you were you were called crazy you were called scorned <laughs> you were like you know what i mean that was always my fear yeah. because i i'm always i know when people are scorned yeah. they say some hateful untruthful things yeah. You know, and 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 it's not accurate the way it ought to be. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So like, when it first started, you know, and I'm coming from this T, uh, this LLC crowd, that those were the people I was rolling with, right? And I'm just like throwing this stuff out there. What is this copyright? Is this right? You know, what do you think of this? And people are like, oh, it's nothing. He cares about the language. And and so... When they say that, they're referring to LLC. Yeah, they're referring to Jan Ulrich, Crazy Buffalo. And so um, so they're, they're saying this stuff, and I'm like... And then I have that thought, like I shared, like, we'll see. You know, and so I started to... Um, I started to open source their grammar book. So I'm going to test this. That should be okay yeah because it comes from a colorado university stuff okay you know so i'm like i'm gonna open source this stuff right and i'm gonna see what their reaction is but and just to catch everybody up to open source he's meaning like he's gonna share it even though it isn't like written by him or mm -hmm. created by him specifically yeah. but it does belong to you in some yeah some uh, so you're sharing that information yeah. publicly yeah because oh it's for the good of the language and just want to help and right. want to revitalize the language right so i'm like all right we're gonna test this thing out so i started sharing it um june uh, january 6th i get a message from memorize because memorize is a um 
Oh, I know what Memorize. There's an app, Vocabulary Builder. Right. You know, you test yourself. It's like a flashcard app. Right. And so I just put their grammar. I can't remember if it was 49 or 48. I put the lesson in Memorize, and then I posted it to our uh, language reclamation group on Facebook, our language learning group. And and I just start. I was doing this with the number of their of their of their um their lessons because mm. I'm just trying to see what they're gonna do. You know, and then I get a email from Memorize that the rightful copyright owner is accusing you of copyright, and so you have to take this down. You have forty-eight hours to take this down. Well, they give you a time frame too. Yep, January sixth. So, so think about this: when people say that, oh, we're just following the international copyright laws, American copyright laws. Well, this law law allowed a non-Lakota group, you know, uh, a, a Memorize group told you know they honored a non-lakota group's copyright right. over a lakota person these are the laws you know do we trust that do you trust that you know and so so they they accused me of copyright and so i was like oh okay this is real now yeah you know because yeah. I, I, I see where you're at now yeah and so i'm like all right everyone's gonna wake up now all right, we're gonna we're gonna turn the page. <laughs> Everyone's woke up. All right, we proved this. Let's move on now, Lakota country. Like, what are we gonna do now? And then, and then people started defending that, and that's when I kind of got worried. Yeah, like, oh, it's it's just like your comedy. You know, when you say a joke, you know, you copyright it. You don't want someone taking your joke, right? You know, and I'm like, that's not like that at all. This is a non-Lakota person accusing a Lakota person of copyright in their own language. And it's interesting you say that, too, because like the lang- it's almost like the language is at halt with this process, too, because it's, lo- it's not allowed to grow. Mm-hmm. Because that's where growth mm-hmm. is like, this is where spirits grow. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it's how you said it's somebody takes a joke that Ray took. I'm out mm. there, not that yeah. sacred. Which and, it has happened, by the way. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. and I go out there and I and I say that, mm. and if somebody said that's Ray taking, I was like, no, it's not, and he would never defend that either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. And, and so, like, so this happened. Okay. So, so, so this happened. People started defending this stuff, and I'm just like, oh, we're in for a for real fight. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. we're not all on the same page. And about this point, a lot of my close friends started turning from me. Right. So there's a whole thing going on here. Um, I mean, this is this is an area where people, this is where they, not so much falter. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, this is where, like, well, I mean, what pushed you to keep going here? So I, I, I just like... I a lot of times I had this feeling inside that this isn't right. Yeah. And I had to keep looking. I had to keep opening the next door. I had to keep looking behind the next curtain. I was like, there's something not right here. You know, and I had that feeling. And and so what happens is is a lot of us, me included, we took what what this um this hobbyist linguist told us because he has a PhD, because he's a master's degree, because he's a linguist, because he knew a few sentences. We took what he said at face value and we didn't look behind the curtain to see if it was true or not. Yeah. Because we just, oh, he's an academic, so he would know and he doesn't have any underlying stuff. And and we'd pair it. not the first time that's happened. No, we, Vine Deloria warned us about this and Custer died for your sins like in, 19, in the 1970s. But anyway, so he... So this has happened, and, and we're just going along with this. And me, I'm saying these talking points back out. 
right? Yeah. I remember, like people people need to remember. My wife's like, always remember. You never set out to be this. You went along with all their stuff. You were defending them right. on the internet. Yeah, you're, you're just, not a miserable person. Scorn. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, she's like, well, you are. She jokes with me. But, you know, she's like, you're not this miserable just guy out to get them. And so she's like, you always got to remind people of that. Right. You, know? you were along for the yeah, ride for a while. So I was along, going along with this stuff, you know. And so I'm pushing on these doors and, I, and, I'm, and I'm seeing what's going on here. And then um, we're getting ready for the summertime. We're getting ready for our our language camp we're doing with our, our elementary group here. And when uh, is this? This is in summer school. Okay. So we, we had like... A, um, like last year or two yeah, years ago? Yeah, last year we had, uh, was it a week, two weeks? I can't remember, but we did a language camp. So there are a lot of cool things going on here. Um, it's it's kind of cool. We're public school trying to make it work, but right. that's another conversation. We can get to that later too. But So we're getting ready for this. We're planning this out and... and People started messaging me, you know, like, did you see this? Like, did you see this? Toshka. So I get these these unchis, you know, that that write to me, Toshka, did you see this? Can you put this out there? Yeah. Because what's happened is a lot of our people said, I tried to say the same things you're saying 10, 15 years ago, and nobody believed me. And, you know, uh, uh, unchi told me, you're getting traction now, so keep doing it. We couldn't get traction back then. So I I keep getting these messages from people, like from speakers and yeah. stuff. Put this out there. Put this out there. So people are like, why you post every day on this stuff? I'm like, <laughs> I'm putting this stuff out there for people. You know, people are like, hey, can you put this out there? Put this. Anyway, so I get a message from a friend and they're like, they made a press release about you. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, now here we are. So May 18th. 2021 that's crazy how you know these dates well i got it on my computer oh so, i'm cheating <laughs> so, so and they list it from rosebud south dakota so this is another tricky thing that they do is they manipulate and try to show to try to show their their more community than they are rosebud <laughs> kept them out you know in 2012 2008 they made a um a resolution to up, uplift their local stuff and to keep an eye on outsiders that are trying to come in and trade and kind of take over our language. It's a, it's a resolution in 2008 and 2012. They standardized the, the Albert White Hat, the Lakota Iapio Kolakiche orthography, yeah. often referred to as the White Hat orthography. They standardized it yeah. to get out of this, this, um, this orthography battle yeah. that has been placed on us that we never fought about. But, they brought it, so now we fight about it, yeah. right? So they tried to get out in front of it, Rosebud. So to me, in a lot of ways, they're like 14, 15 years ahead of us in the data sovereignty stuff. There's some some stuff going on there now. It's like, don't, they're bending. Don't break, Rosebud. You know, hang in there. But anyway, so they say Rosebud, South Dakota, and Tunka, um, my father-in-law, Rodney Bordeaux, was the president of Rosebud. I said, um, Tunka, did this come from Rosebud? He said, no. Hmm. He said, this didn't come from the council. This didn't come from elders. The elders council he said so they just list rosebud so wow. like that's crazy how they puff up on yeah. something that's not even for real yeah and so and so anyway they blast me with lies and say we tried to make it um brings available and and um he's trying to discredit the work of of jan ulrich who's worked tirelessly for the lakota people and my brother really had a problem with this and that they named ray taken alive aka reds charging so Reg charging 
is a oh, yeah, comedy you ex- name. You explained this to me yeah. last time. This is a separate entity. Yeah, basically. This is this is like um, you know a character in a show. This is not me. I'm not right. a raving lunatic just going around cussing right. around at people, hollering around, harassing councilmen or nothing like that. You know that it's, it's a character, right? And so. But anyway, I've never said Ray Taken Alive on the Reg Charging stuff because I want that layer of anonymity. Right. You know, I don't want it to mess with my job. I love my job. You know, I don't want it to mess with... I mean, people... I do it. It's a small community. I do it. You know, it's a small community. I mean, people here know who I am, but from the legal standpoint, I don't want someone, you know, writing me up for something Reg Charging did. Like, that's a different person. That's a comedy character. I have that that, um, layer of protection there. But what these people did is they named me in their press release and tried to appropriate my identity and my anonymity. You know what I'm saying? And and my brother was like, he was pretty upset by that, you know, and I didn't even really catch that the first time, you know. Um, But so, so think about that, though, Mitakuye. Think about that. We have non-Lakota people attacking a Lakota person for asking for his grandmother's recordings, for asking questions and pushing on this stuff. Your own tribal citizen, one of us, is being attacked from the outside. You know what I'm saying? And and I was like, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable what's happened. Like, how could we let this get so far? Yeah, and then I thought, well, oh, everyone's gonna stand up now. Oh, all right, this is it now. The copyright thing. All right, people kind of didn't understand that. All right, this is a big, big deal. A non-Lakota group attacking a Lakota person in an official press release. This isn't just a like a throwaway Facebook post or some trolling or a meme. This is an official press release from an institution attacking a Lakota person. And so that's where I was like, all right, our tribes are gonna stand up now. Right. Our, our language. Well, I mean, you, you feel that way. Yeah. You feel like that the, this, all this, what's happened up to this point has validated your frustration. Mm-hmm. So now that we're in, in the midst of this, has there, has there been any other reached out? Has there been like, oh, we're so sorry or something like that? Or, or no. we, we, can we work something out? You know, something like that. Oh, so what happened here is they tried to hire pra- Prairie Mosaic LLC which is a group, uh, an indigenous group, it's led. Um, they tried to hire them to mediate with me. A mm-hmm. um, couple things about that that really made me feel uncomfortable. Um, what are we mediating? Right. If I take this meeting, I'm honoring that they're sitting across the table from me. No, it's like that thing where if our council is honoring the people who take our land, they're validating that right? by sitting across the table. I'm not going to validate their stance or them at all. If I even take a meeting with them at this point, I'm validating hmm. them and who they are and that they have equal rights. They're, they're my equals when it comes to Lakota things as a Lakota person in Lakota language. So that's why I was like, nope. Interesting. Yeah. And because, you know, what am I going to, what what's on what are we mediating about right not one word we're not given one word anymore not one word you know what kept ringing in my head was sitting bull when he like picks up that dirt and he said we're not giving one pinch of land you know I, just like it's just and, and and so i was just thinking that the whole time i'm like no 
we're not going to do this. Yeah. We're not validating them. We're not validating this. Us sitting across the table would validate them. You know, so that's why I was like, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So so what would like, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to play like devil's advocate here, Ray, but like what I want to know is like, what, what, what would it take at this point? Like what would, what would, what would free your nari? Um, to ban them, to get all of our stuff back. Um, to ban them, to get all of our stuff back, and for us to do these things ourselves, right? So what does the LLC do that we can't do and we shouldn't do and we shouldn't have done for ourselves from the beginning? I think there's two narratives going on here. One is the oversell of the LLC, that they've done more than they've more positive than they've done because they just basically took Colorado's stuff, repackaged it, and then they took Indiana's dictionaries, built off the buccal, added some things, you know, some some tweaks and different things, and so oversold their actual work, mm -hmm. and we've undersold us as a people and how dope we are, and yeah. that we could do this ourselves, and we should be doing this ourselves, and we should have been doing this ourselves all along every elder you see is a walking dictionary that know a lot more than any of these dictionaries you know um i, I was reading something that a first language speaker might know 250,000 words but a language learner a proficient one might know 40 to 100,000 words i don't know how many words are in their dictionary but this is how many words a lot of our elders know mm. you know they're walking dictionaries beyond any right. of these dictionaries and, you know, that kind of makes me wonder, too, because, like, I hear about, like, these elders meetings that are conducted, and through these elder meetings, there's um, new words brought about. Yep. And then I, I wonder about that, and, like, it's, 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 this is really crazy because it's separating us, mm -hmm. because people are like, well, who are they to do that? Yep. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm, 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 I don't know, this is... This is a crazy fight you're in because yeah. it's like, it's super important. Mm -hmm. It's crazy important. It's just that, man, there's so many things happening right now. I, yeah. can, I can see how conflicting this is. Yeah. And so like this, this copyright thing, this being attacked thing in, a, in an official press release, this weird thing where they're trying to pay people um, to mediate with me. It's just kind of a, it was just kind of a really weird thing. Like what kind of funds do they have? What kind of resources do they have to be paying for this kind of stuff? You know? Right. And, and so getting back to the original question you asked me, like I had a lot of people starting to understand what I was saying mm -hmm. around this point with the copyright and the, 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 where they attacked me, a lot of people started to wake up and start to support me whether they did that publicly on facebook shares comments whatever but that's when i started to get support like oh this guy is saying something here he's not just raving lunatic out yeah. here you know and so that's when i started to get support but what really um what really got me through a lot of this tough stuff out of elders and speakers mm -hmm. that started to 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 like add me and say good job and talk to me in the inboxes and messages and send me, you know, keep doing it and send me a lot of encouragement, yeah. you know, and stuff. And they had this, they had these, um, they had these discussions a long, long time ago, you know? And so like, so with my grandmother's stuff, then it was like, if you're not going to give it back, then why are you using it? 
so we don't give you permission to use her stuff anymore. She did like recordings for them and she helped them with their dictionary and their grammar book and this and that stuff, you know. So, okay, our family, is you're not going to exploit her anymore. We're not going to use her image anymore, right? Because there's a whole nother flip side of this and this is the finances, right? So what happens is... Wait, before we get into finances, okay. I just want to curious, like, so is your, like your family, like, I, like the kosh by yeah. the, the group that you belong to are yep. they like totally behind you on yep. this one yep they okay. are um and my dad is the administrator of my grandmother's estate okay right um, all right so, so let's go into the finances now all right this so is kind of juicy so the finances okay so what's happened is is they say they're a non-profit right and that's how they get a lot of their funds and right and i kind of make the joke Dang, I wish us Lakotas could not profit like that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so there's there's the overall um, finances at the the LLC level, the institutional level. So, it, um, so like, uh, uh, let me see. Let's be, and then you have the individual level of finances where they operate from. So the, the Lakota Language Consortium revenue, these are their revenues. Okay, uh, before we get into this, I also, why is this important to you? I mean, I know you've explained it from your perspective to this point, and it's personal, but like, now, is this really valid, valid the, the finance end? Yeah, because, um, so, our tribal councils always talk about uh, diversifying their economies. Okay, right? and being self-sufficient, right? Uh, empowerment, different things, and it goes back to those four questions: whose data is it? Who controls it? Who benefits? Who financially benefits from it? And so, these revenues that the LLC is getting, what we have is a rogue nonprofit, right? That is competing with our language department. The way I see it, for grants and different fundings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of our our language departments are underfunded overstaffed mm -hmm. overworked right and so it's odd that you have this institution in bloomington indiana that isn't in our communities right that are making this money and these revenues and so if someone wanted to be an ally a revenue if you're good at grant writing come write for one of our tribal programs yeah and so that we can get that stuff we hold on to the the copyrights and the control of that yeah we know what is appropriate to share and what not to share mm -hmm. songs stories and stuff we can share this skill building stuff like i'm going to the store uh, what are you getting at the store like you know oh where are you going i'm i'm, I'm arriving oh i went there oh i'm on my way like we can share that stuff and our tribal language departments should be the ones benefiting from that. So in these Lakota Language Consortium revenues, 2020, they made $604,000. What could our language department have done with that? Do you by chance know how much the language department has gotten? I don't. Compared to? Okay. I don't. Um, but, it's, is, but is it near anywhere near the ballpark? I'm, of I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure with that. Uh, but this is this is what I'm trying to say is like 2019 they made six hundred and thirty five thousand dollars off of our language their revenues 2018 seven hundred and six thousand dollars 2017 seven hundred and eleven thousand dollars whoa it's just going up so yeah well yeah it's up and down it fluctuates but, but the total is over seven point three million dollars total total uh, it's over so 
from 2005 to 2020, and this stuff's all public, um, propublica.org, mm-hmm. but it's $7.3 million over. What could our language departments have done with that money? Our own books, our own curriculum, our own apps, our copyrighted dictionary, yeah. virtual reality. Like we could be doing some cool stuff. Yeah. You know, we could be doing some different things. You know what I'm saying? And so this is a possibility of becoming self sufficient. It's our language. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But rightfully so, we don't feel comfortable doing that. This is a different outlook of mm-hmm. things. We don't want to profit off of our language, but we'll let these guys profit and we'll pay them. <laughs> it's kind of, it's like, I'm like, oh man, what are we doing guys? What I can see do- how you like want to cuss right here. Yeah. I'm like, what are we doing? Right. $7.3 million. Yeah. Like, and this is what I always say. You can attack me. If people are listening, you can attack me. You can calm me down. You can take my, uh, assassinate my character. You can take my inventory, all that good stuff. Right. I'll be the first to tell you. Yeah, I'm miserable. Yeah, I'm <laughs> whatever. Whatever you need me to tell you, I'll tell you. But look at the ideas that I'm bringing forth and let's talk about those because attack those and let's have those conversations. Right? Because people don't want to talk about the ideas. They want to attack you personally. They want to talk about your personality characteristics. This is called an ad hominem fallacy. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so this is what's so this is so this is what, you know, I, I always say, all right, that's cool. I'll be whatever you need me to be. I'll be whatever this generation needs me to be. I'll be whatever you want. Because I want my daughter to just be the pleasant little smiling elder that doesn't you know what I'm saying? I want her to be that. I'll be the bad man. <laughs> if you need me to be the bad man, I'll be the bad man. Right. And so but like talk about the ideas though. Let's talk about the ideas. Is this is this okay? Yeah. Is this okay? And then um, the individual stuff. So Wilhelm Maya, right? Um, and and what puts this into perspective is is when you think about what our families make per our per capita income and in our median household income. All right. So Corson County, south part of the Standing Rock. Now, we're made up of two counties, and this includes non-Lakota people, too, whose incomes may or may not be higher, but it includes non... non. We'll just say higher. We'll <laughs> yeah, just say higher. We could say higher. Could this say is higher. non-Lakota people, right? That's right. So <laughs> so per person, per capita, we make about... We make $16,000, $449. $16,449. This is 2019. Horrible numbers. This comes from census.gov. Um, persons in poverty, 40%. Median household income, so that's the household, the family, $35,759. That's on average of what we make. Still horrible the numbers. The north part, the north part, Sioux County, this is the North Dakota side of Standing Rock, 2019. Per capita, per person, $15,649. Not great. Okay, median household income, the household's uh, $38,939. Okay, so... In 2019, Wilhelm Maya made $166,462. That's more than a tribal chairman makes. Yeah, and that's just from the Lakota Language Consortium. He's also the director of the Language Conservancy. Wait, so he has two sources of income from the same 
pretty much the same. Well, it's well, I, pretty much, but yeah, it's the same. The L, the TLC, the, the Language Conservancy, is an offshoot of the Lakota Language Consortium. Okay, same group of people, pretty much, and they're just doing what they did to our language, colonizing it, extracting it, exploiting it. Now they're doing it to other languages. Okay, and so, and he made seven seventy six thousand dollars, seventy six thousand one hundred eighty five dollars. In addition to the in one... In addition to... This is 2019. People need to go look this up on ProPublica.org. And so $242,647. That's what he's on the books Total for. Total for 2019. Total for 2019. Don't tell me there's a third... No. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't... I mean, because are we... Well, is like consulting involved with this? Because I... So that was another question I had. <clears throat> so consulting... What if he goes because I because he was at NIEA that weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But is that part of his salary? Because like, does he get money to do weekends and travel around and fly around okay. and, and like like is like what is this? Okay. And then his wife also works for them too, you know. And so so they have a total household. <laughs> so so, so, so this, their total household. Income so is. this dude makes about six and a half times. Oh my gosh! What a family makes. On Standing Rock, he doesn't live here. He does. He's not Lakota. Okay. And then put that into perspective with our elders. That that our speakers struggle to keep the lights on sometimes, you know, like that. I see your frustration. I really do. I see what you're coming at here. It's like, and I don't mean to deflate that, but what I'm also wondering now is like, so, okay, yeah. It's one of those things, right? Because you hustle and hustle and hustle and you build something great. And then how do you keep from just saying like, my hustle isn't worth that? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say that he, he's worth it or anything like that. But like, uh, how, what's the perspective that you think that an entity such as this should have? I mean, what, to you, what's a what would a salary be? For a person, I hate to even say this, but like, <laughs> because I'm not trying to say that, uh, what would be a salary f- that you would understand? Like, if you went there, would it would it have mattered if you looked at it and it was 38,000? You're like, oh, all uh, right. On the Lakota people's language? Yeah. I think that's fundamentally where it's at. Lakota person on the Lakota people's language mm-hmm. versus a non-Lakota person on the Lakota people's language. Interesting. That's the fundamental question. That's a serious... That's where it lies for me. Whose data is it? Who benefits? Who financially benefits? That's where the question is. Dang, six times... Six and a half about... Six and a half times more. That's interesting. And then our elders that struggle to keep their lights on, that you know have problems getting gas in a car to go downtown, you know groceries different things like that and it's their language they're you know you know what i'm saying and so they're getting um 25 dollars 30 dollars to record that they that they need that they might need and then also wanting to help you know generous and so like my grandmother and then they're recording and then they're taking this back and then they're making the this salary this guy's making this salary off of that recording off of the data that they got from different places. 
and they're not Lakota people that don't live in our communities. Hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm talking about. That's my like that's my so, problem. And then your beef right there is like it's with a, with a ton of nonprofits out there in this world, man. There, I mean, I got word. I wish I could like just spit this information <laughs> out, but like I I got word of like how many mailboxes are rerouted out of Pine Ridge. Uh huh. Yep. But they're like centralized in Pine Ridge, mm-hmm. and I was just like. What nonprofits? Nonprofits that are like they funnel their their direct mail to mm-hmm. Pine Ridge, but then once it hits Pine Ridge, then it goes to someplace else. So that's that's another question that I have, and it's 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 the LLC, but bigger than LLC too. It's like, could you and I start a nonprofit that says the Pine Ridge and Standing Rock Tribal Nonprofit, right? We're taking, we're using the Pine Ridge or Oglala, I should say Oglala, and we're using Standing Rock. We're using the name, you know, and we don't even have to go through the tribes at all. We have to go to the state or the nonprofit. How crazy is that? Just, just the way you, the, the way you mapped that out just now, just kind of made me think like, how crazy is it? you can create an entity and then not even have to go through the tribe or even the local governments, just go straight to five hundred three C applications wow that's crazy and then there's no um regulation on these things so they can use uh lakota they can use indigenous they can use indian they can use native american they can use native they can use like our name our our likeness they can use all these things Hmm. and then they can say non-profit but they're getting grants on our behalf they're doing and there's no regulation here right and so if so how would you nail a thing down like the Lakota Language Consortium, right? Because, all right, you guys can operate. Well, we're going to take 40%. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's our Lakota, our language, you know? So, but but there's no regulation. Yeah. So it's like a free-for-all. Right. Like the, you know, so. No, that, I understand. That's what I say, like these rogue nonprofits and the LLC isn't the only one, you know? There's yeah. more. Right. There's more. So that's that's kind of like. That's that was what I was talking about on that point. I'm in a weird place here, Ray. Like, I mean, uh, I mean, you, we've you fully walked me through like where we're at right now, and I'm, and I, and I, the way I'm learning is that it's this is a very frustrating place for you. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. So, what do you what do you hope to accomplish here? I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to begin capping our conversation here, but like, I'm real curious. What like, what's your vision here, or do you just feel like you're going with a flow here or are, are you hoping is there a goal you have in mind or, yeah. so i'm curious where, where where we're going here so first i think we need to ban them for all the stuff that they've done um wilhelm maya uh jan Ulrich, and the lakota language consortium um i think we need to ban them from our our tribes from our nations um and demand all of our raw data back from them all of our um all of our materials, our translations, our transcriptions, videos, audio, whatever they got. Um, and then I think we need to copyright a dictionary that's by us, for us, controlled by us, maintained by us, translated by us. And we start to honor the rights of our people, their right to their language. Um, uh, I heard it, Hawaiian... Um, Language reclaimers say that in the beginning, language um, revitalization work, it's a middle-class endeavor because 
of the payment involved, the time involved, um, paying for resources, having the time, all these different things. Right? Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's very interesting to me. And so how do we honor the rights to all, you know, to everyone, mm -hmm. you know, and the Maori believe in um, affirmative action, open source. So all the Maori, they, they get everything open source to them first and foremost at all times, mm -hmm. whether it's a simple password protection or what. After that, then they may charge something or then they may share or whatever. All right, two questions. So the, the, the Maori and, I mean, and, the, and the Hawaii, I've mm -hmm. learned to say that correctly, by the way, Hawaii. I know, their language is dope, man. Yeah. So the, do they own their own language? And the other one is that, uh, um, well, start with that, please. Good question. And oh, oh no, no, the second question was like, if you want to copyright it, how are you going to copyright something, especially if you don't tr trust the United States government? Are you saying like copyright through our own governments, yeah. our own tribe? Yep. Or, explain yep. that. So we need to um, take back ownership from what happened like to the Penobscot. We need a tribal sovereign that has a copyrighted dictionary that owns the rights to the language and to the intellectual property. Okay, that's what I think that we need. And the other thing about that, to me, this is really, really important, is that we don't even, let's not even take these dictionaries, the Buccal, the Williamson, the Pond, the Riggs, the, the, the new Ulrich one. Because what it is to me, it's built off of missionary traditions of trying to assimilate and acculturate us. And their translations are from their worldviews and their perspectives, right? So I don't even think we build off of this. What it's been for the last 160 years is like white explaining someone's language back to them. <laughs> and this, Dude, and this, if you if you said that to me, <laughs> and you, with a straight face, I'd have. <laughs> I see why you're laughing. It is so like the NLD is the height of this white splaining to me. Okay. Right? And so so we need I think a dictionary we we build off of our own literary traditions, right? Um one one of the star um they they had a um they had a little uh, modern dictionary um Albert White ha had has some collections of different things dictionary um Sydney Keith now they're from Shine Eagle Butte had a dictionary entries and stuff like that. We need to build off of Lakota people's translations and, and dictionaries um, because like Albert Whitehat talks about, and it's one of my favorite quotes by him is as we reclaim our translations, we reclaim our spirituality. And what he's talking about, an example was like um, the word Wachekie and Wachekie and what, this is not me, um, but this is what he said. Uh, is that wachekie, what that means is to embrace a relative using like embracing someone with a with a um, relative term right like this right and he said that's and, and then the missionaries came and they wanted a word for prayer prayer i struggle with my eyes prayer prayer p-r-a-y-e-r prayer okay <laughs> uh, and so um 
And so what what happened was they took this word wacheke, which means to acknowledge acknowledge the creator as a relative, and they made it into prayer, which is like bowing, worshiping, creating that distance to from Wow from, this is really yeah, and this is Albert, man. So so creating that distance versus what's the difference between like bowing, kneeling versus embracing a relative? Wow, that's so much. That's like the opposite of connection. Yeah. And so this is what he said. But yet um, missionaries and then I looked it up in uh, uh, the Ulrich Dictionary and and Wachekia has like to pray or oh, I got it right here to pray, say prayers, do praying. Hmm. Okay. And then versus not even close. embracing, like em- to acknowledge relatives. That's such a heavy word not to get right. Yeah, exactly. And so like, and so Albert with it, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of these in there. So like um, Albert talks about, we chakjala, we nukjala. And that's like. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you're Sorry. good. We run out of data. I think we ran out of data. <laughs> we got to buy it back now. Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're still rolling. <laughs> oh, we're still, we're still rolling. Okay. Creepy, but we're still rolling. Go ahead. No, okay. All right. So this is this is all in Albert's book, Reading and Writing the Lakota Language. Um, And so then, then there's different words like we nukjala, we chakjala. The chja means to like bloom. And this is Jerome, Jerome Kilsmall was talking about this in Albert's book too, to bloom. And so the we chakjala we nukjala um the way they were translating it was an old older man whose wisdom has blossomed forth in their final years that is their bloom the law is like a um uh like a loving term mm-hmm. like henli law like my little daughter michungshi law like it's precious you know and the we was the the male part so an, an elder's wisdom that has fully blossomed and then the we nukjala is an a, a elder woman whose wisdom has fully blossomed. This is how they're understanding the language. Mm-hmm. And you look in the dictionary and it says old man and old woman. We're losing that. We're losing the spirit and the teachings of our language in dictionaries that aren't ours, that learners that like second language learners like myself that use these dictionaries for references. You know that are built on this is how someone's culture that isn't ours. Mm-hmm. They may see us referring to an older person as we cha, you know, we chachjala, mm-hmm. and oh, that means old person. But it is there's a lot more embedded in that, you know, and that's why I think we need our own dictionary that we need to hold on to. Right, the spirit, the teachings, the um, the views of our elders, right, and building off of our own literary traditions. And we control it, and we maintain it, and we own it, the intellectual property. And so the way I see it, um, Dr. Redshirt down at USD blew my mind. She's like, she asked a question about where do you see, she said, we think in stages of life. I would love to take a language class with her, by the way. Her book, George Swords, Warrior Narratives, is just amazing. But she was talking about where do you see your your stage of life, your generation, in this greater circle of language, and I've I could not stop that question from spinning in my mind when she said that. I was like, wow, wow, wow! I was like, oh man, right? I was like, what? 
wow and i was like what is that i don't know man and it's so i kept thinking and thinking and thinking and i kept and i was like i think it's us to connect um this is just mine and yeah, I, I was gonna I, say I, I there's no way you, yeah there's no way you can answer this thing right and so the way i see our role is connecting from our elders and the way they view it to our 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 children and then sorting out all of this say they say we walk in two worlds right kind of corny but true you know and so we have to navigate this other world too with this intellectual property stuff and we need to protect it and we need to control it and we need to fight for it and own it you know and bridge it with with translating and putting that that philosophy and depth and holding tight to that in the digital space in in these spaces you know so we have dictionaries we we understand the copyrights we understand the intellectual property and so you know my my uncle brian always says um we carry the language forward simple just a responsibility it's not this heroic i'm saving the language oh man right you know it's It's, just it's a duty it's just our responsibility right it's just our duty it's just what we do it's not filled with all this you know, oh my God, language is extinct. Language is endangered. This, this is trauma fun. stuff. That's crazy how you're talking about this because my wife Lisa talks about this whole like nobody pays us to do buffalo stuff. Nobody yeah. like covers what we do to do Just, buff, yeah. uh, bison stuff, mm-hmm. katunka. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. Like it's like I give up calling it buffalo. Mm-hmm. It's not buffalo. It's katunka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that it's it's it sounds so simple. I know it sounds like, oh, that, what are you talking about? That sound that that logic sounds so childish. Yeah, because that really is it. Yeah. Yeah. You start calling it by its real name. Yep. And that little that little switch mm-hmm. causes monumental things to happen yeah. in the future. Because like I'm I, that's why I stopped saying try I'm doing my best to stop saying Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's like fighting for that. You know, you fight for that. Even if, like you're exactly you're talking about one word. I know, know, and I get so frustrated like Kevin Costner because he ruined that word for me. Yeah. Because all I think of, exactly, yeah, I think the... of the horn things. And, <laughs> yeah. and I just think, and the people people have also said to me, they're like, we could, we could you know, use that for our benefit. But like, no. Yeah. I don't want to. It's almost like, hey, we're stupid. Yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is he does the the full palm buffalo thing, and then Graham Greene does the the pointed thing. And in Plains Indian Sign Language, this is buffalo. Is that right? That's buffalo. Yeah, with so, the, with the point, just the pointer. How Graham Greene does it? He says That's Plains Indian Sign Language. We're not giving Costner any points here, bro. No, and Costner, but, yeah, Costner does the full palm thing. Interesting. Yeah, and I was like, that's interesting. I thought the same thing. I was like, that's interesting. Like when when uh, we've been um, here at the school, we've been trying to learn Plains Indian Sign Language because the gestures help get the vocabulary acquisition. Yeah. I, I, dude, that sorry, I keep going. <laughs> yeah, and so, and we only um, we've really focused on only using stuff that is attributed to elders, so we know where we got it from. Um, that's the problem with the Indiana Colorado LLC stuff. There's no attribution. We don't know where it came from. We don't know if it came from Oglala Pine. Uh, rosebud standing rock what community yeah when 1840s is this new and we don't know if it was a word that someone was challenged with so my dad would always challenge my grandmother how do you say giraffe how do you say x-ray machine how do you say you know just just kind of like testing her and she'd sit back and think and she would say something but 
what happens is is if that word gets standardized into a dictionary and there's no attribution and there's no context to that, right? And then me as a learner try to throw that word out there, it's not. No one's gonna know what I'm saying. It's, it's almost not like standardized. A, it's almost like you're 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 allowed into a room and all the information about that is in one room. Yeah. Whenever there's a whole world out yeah. there that is not even giving it justice. Yeah. And, and so like what's important is that we find materials or we use materials. There's, a, by the way, there's a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff out there. People are like, oh my God, we have nothing. There's no resources. I I, th- I guarantee it. There are tribes out there that are like, you Just, lucky yeah. SOBs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the fundamental question behind that to me is define a resource, right? Because we're so institutionalized to think a literary resource, a written down resource, yeah. right? And not an oral resource. We're an oral culture. There's, there's a whole discussion here between orality versus literacy. But anyway, we're an oral culture. And we hate to just refer to them as resources, but our resources are our elders, our speakers. Right. They've always been. Right. You know what I'm saying? But... So that's the initial conversation. But if people are looking for written resources, we have mountains and mountains and mountains of stuff that no K through graduate program could ever cover. Right. There's so much out there. You know, it's just that it didn't have the marketing behind it. Yeah. Or or people forgot. Right. Or or it this this is from Standing Rock and, and Rosebud and you know Laura Brule and Oglala and like and we're just putting it all together. So this is you'd ask me what our vision is too. Another dream of uh, of ours and something me and Dallas are working on is is creating a data clearinghouse for all of our stuff, all of our language stuff, our yeah. data, our materials, so that my daughter maybe she'll be a programmer when she gets older. She don't have to ask nobody. It, she's Lakota. This is the Lakota Clearinghouse. She can take from that. She can go create an app. She, she don't have to go through all these hoops or whatever. And this is ours. And because I found recordings from two recordings from my grandfather. And one of my grandfather's dog eagle. He lived back in the days, like mm-hmm. nine, on the 1800s and, and stuff. You, and you heard it? And I heard it. It was in the Densmore collection. And I like, and this is what's people can't see on the radio, but behind me is a, is, um, it says, uh, What that means is kind of like, you may think I'm nobody. They're saying that I'm nobody. They're saying that I'm not going to arrive anywhere. And then the next part is, But I'm coming for horses. So he recorded this, this horse dance song in 1911 through 1914 when Densmore was coming around. My grandfather, Dog Eagle. And so it's it's kind of like one of those songs that when I heard it I got emotional, and I and then I and then it's kind of like a I mean, dude, I'm getting emotional. Yeah, and it's like kind of like a song I go back to. Like people keep saying I'm nobody, I'm nothing, but I'm coming for horses. We're gonna keep going. And so another recording I got from my grandfather, um, his son Amos Dog Eagle. He lived from 1880 to 19. 19- 82 he lived 102 years yeah and so they had a recording at usd they had a recording of him um and i discovered it i found it it was in lakota it was another one of my grandfather's john iron translating for lala amos and to hear him speak lakota yeah and this was in that time where i was kind of like what's going on questioning thing right but this was to me was something that was like sent like here keep going and so i didn't even know that stuff was out there and so if we had all this stuff in one place and someone starts looking for their family stuff, they can find it. 
they'll be able to find it. They don't have to go through and figuring out how to research through these databases at USD and navigating that space and how do we request it? Yeah. And then going to Colorado, how do we get it? We don't know. All these collections, Marquette, Crate in Indiana, how do we, our tribal colleges, uh, you know, a lot of these departments are over understaffed, overworked, you know? So if we could have all that space in one, one place, you know, my daughter comes and, oh, this is my grandmother. That's my grandfather. This is that, this is that you know, that people can find this stuff and then do what they want from it. Take right. it take it out of there if they want. It's right. it's yours. Right. It's yours. It's not this database. Right. And so right. that's kind of a, a another thing me and uh Misu Dallas have been working on, um, talking to different people about that. But yeah, so it's just man, it's it's so much, dude. And and like it doesn't come across in, in my wheeling and dealing on Facebook or no. social media. No, dude. I mean, I, I got to, I mean, just based on, I don't think we've encompassed everything in this mm. conversation that you've been addressing. So um, I, I think um, we, we need to cap it at some point <laughs> yes. here. So I don't know how long we're at it. Ray, we're, yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a few minutes here. So okay. like, uh uh, if there's anything that you missed or you still want to talk about, uh, please address it now. And then right after that, we'll start, we'll begin closing this conversation. Two things. Um, a lot uh, for the narrative has been that our, we haven't done anything for 50 years and we've been spinning our wheels. And um, I think that's very disrespectful when people say that about our speakers, our teachers and our elders who have been carrying our language forward for us and responsibilities and teaching in schools and teaching in different places i think it's very disrespectful what it is 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 an attempt to discredit saying that our elders and their approaches and and their curriculums were not good enough and what that did was attempted to discredit to then supplant and sell us this different curriculum and these different approaches that are not Lakota, uh, Lakota thought, Lakota philosophy. I think it's disrespectful. Dr. Realbird shared with us about 2,000 hours to learn a language. Um, 2,000 hours to learn, learn a language. And what we had happen was these public schools, these schools give a teacher maybe an hour a week, just in elementary. Or maybe if they were lucky, an hour a day. Yeah. You know? But it's still not going to be 2,000 hours from that when that kid's a K through 12th grade. Yeah. So, like, we're a pretty progressive public school, I think. And um, with all of our work and all of our contact time, we're set up to fail as teachers here because we're only, we're capping out at 600 hours. And so, if it takes 2,000 hours and we only got 600 hours, we're not going to help these kids get to fluency. Yeah. And people are going to label us as well. They did all this and they didn't. But, it's been it's not a problem our elders they know what they're doing they know how to transmit their language they know how to speak they're the true authorities you know they know how to make curriculum you know they weren't given enough time it's an institutional failure it's an institutional failure of not giving them enough time to really show what they could do and so my thing is let's bring them back let's bring them back in you know, they don't need to be certified. They don't need this South Dakota certification, ed credits or all this BS. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're the true authorities. And so instead of when people, when we look down on them, when we discredit them, they are the ones who should have been given star quilts and feeds. And thank you. Thank you 
for for what you did all of those years through the low status of our language when people were saying why are you learning your language you can't get a job with it anyway yeah when people were saying that stuff you know um and and all of that and the institutional racism the systemic racism and, and and different things like that but yet they still carried that mantle for us they still carried that torch forward for us you know and so i think we need to thank them you know that's that's one of the things the other thing is that um this talk about orthography right there's no right and wrong orthography to me the so the discussion here is a shallow orthography is where an, a writing system tries to match the the sound to the symbol and that may take more diacritics and may this and that so it's it's really trying to match that a deep orthography is english where a sound may mean different things at different times pacific ocean the three c's in that are all pronounced differently pacific ocean interesting yeah and and so english is a deep orthography right and so when people say there's no way to test this which one is better a shallow orthography like this whole llc battle for their orthography or how our elders write a deep orthography right because the fundamental thing of this is you don't get your pronunciation from written materials. You get it from your ear. That's where your pronunciation gets to. So we don't need to fight all of this stuff. But to me, and this stuff is impossible to test, right? This stuff is impossible to test because what what this research has shown is, is you basically need um, – like pre-K students that are coming in at the same exact level, the same exact reading level, and you need to um, test different languages on orthography, you know, but it's impossible because every kid comes in at a different level, different, you know, their backgrounds are different in their reading and it's different things. So the science of this all is impossible to test. So if someone tells you this is the best way to write, this is the most whatever, it's it's all BS. Yeah. We, we We've learned how to read Pacific Ocean, you know, we've, and, you know, and so we need to hear the language more. Our pronunciation comes from our ear, not our eyes, you know, kind of thing. And so, but to me, it's important in the fact that we honor the writing systems that our people created. You know, for me, um, this Dr. Siba in this book, um, Spelling in Society, he talks about how um, orthographies are more cultural and social cultural and social than anything mm -hmm. you know and so even the fact that we have a writing system is a political statement you know some tribes don't they right. choose not to write their their language right. i think is the pueblo i think i'm not sure exactly but even the fact that we have a writing system is a political statement so there's no such thing as a purely linguistic writing system so the to me the more social and cultural aspects are more important to me so like the the writing systems that were created by our elders, like Tui Karen White Butterfly, Lakota sounds, she created her own. You know, Tui um, Violet Catches, she created her own. You know, and 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 the other thing about all this stuff is the process of it all. Doctor Redshirt talked about the process versus the content. Non Lakota people and researchers, anthropologists, linguists, they just care about the content, the final material or whatever. Lakotas, we care about the process, the protocol. What do we do when we have dinners and meals and meetings? What do we have when we have meetings? 
We usually start with the prayer. Usually we have food. You know, usually there's certain protocols that we ha we end with a prayer. You know, all these different things when we're talking about our language. You know, all that stuff happened, mm -hmm. you know. And so, like, the writing systems. What was the protocols that were followed, you know? Was there prayer? Was there these, these meetings in Lakota? You know, was what... What what happened? You know the process of how everything happened, and even at that, the process of how our data is collected. You know, if if we if you and I are trying to get a story from an elder, you know, hey, give me that story. Here's a waiver. I'm gonna take this forever. Give it to me. No, we wouldn't do that. No, you know, we take a obahi. Would you share this with me? They can t accept it or not. Then when they do, we give a wopila. Right. Thank you. You know, whatever we can give. And then, hey, then we ask for permission. Hey, can I share that story? Right. And then when we tell that story, we say, hey, I heard this from so-and-so. We, we attribute it. Right. In this whole process of our language and stuff, that's that's not there. Our product protocols aren't followed. Mm -hmm. These formations of these orthographies, these non-Lakota orthographies, our process isn't followed. With the collection of our data, our process isn't followed. Our protocol isn't followed. You know, and so that's what I think. This is just what I think. People label me as an outcast. People <laughs> label me as crazy, as miserable. I'll be whatever people need me to be. You know, for me, it's about my daughter. It's about them. So they don't have to do the stuff that we're doing they don't have to go through all of this stuff so it's it's completely free and open to them you know their language rights are completely honored at all times and they're in control of this thing it's our job to try to get it to a place where to get to hand it off to them that's that's the way i see it um i know i rub people the wrong way but it's a lot of frustration honestly um and, and so just try to keep forward keep moving do do what a do what we can and it's not it's not me you know it, it's it there's a lot of us behind the thing you know that that i'm really really grateful for i, I really am um we have it's kind of a we have a strong support system going now and so that's that's really exciting and that's really good and i just like thank you first and foremost to like my wife you know and my daughter you know who've been through this all with me side by side and they were at uh, my wife was at NIEA with me, <laughs> and we didn't even talk about that. No, and my, and my, and my no, dad, we might as well. Yeah, we, we might as well. We, we, might we, might we go like three we're, hours. We're on two. Let's we're just keep two. going. Let's just keep going. <laughs> and and my dad, and my dad is another one. Um, my grandmother, when she was, she passed the COVID her last day. She was like on her on her deathbed. She told my dad one of the last things she told him. She was thinking of me, man. It's really humbling. It, it gets me emotional. But she was telling my dad. She said, "You gotta um." help takoja you got to help ray with his language and and you know my dad shook his head and i don't think he knew what that all meant at the time interesting i think he thought it was like some translations yeah, and this like, and that. but when we went to the council last week he was there with me and yeah. he's a quiet dude he, he doesn't he's not the the on the council floor type dude he's not on the radio type dude he yeah. keeps to himself stays out of everyone's business kind of guy like that old school stuff he just wants to keep doing his thing you know? yeah and so he really had to get out of his comfort zone and he supported me at hew and he spoke and it was you know and i had to take a picture and he was and he made the joke like my aunt so so there's another story there but he, he was raised by my grandmother dolores um it's his aunt you know, in the Washichi way, but it's his mom right. in the Lakota way too. So, and so he said, um, you know, 
she i told her that i would help ray and so i don't want her mad at me the next time i i see her and so i made this <laughs> joke at hew you know yeah and so so they he's been with me you know the support of my and then my brothers and sisters and my mom and my dad and my uncles and and you know my aunts and all these different people and then the elders that come i i keep a um i keep when things get really tough i keep a folder of encouragements from people that I took screenshots of and different things, and I put that in my phone, and I go back through that whenever I'm having a difficult time with things. That's cool. That's yeah, a good idea. I got that idea from my counselor, so that was that's cool. So whenever it gets real tough, I go back and and look at that stuff, you know. And so, um, so it's been a wild journey, man. Ended up in <laughs> on Channel Nine News in Denver that one day, and like all of this crazy stuff, and then the whole NIEA thing. Yeah. Man, yeah, the National Indian Ed Association Conference. Um, so let's talk about. Do you want to talk about that? I, I, don't, I, we, I, I got, I got time. Do you I think anybody you, is still listening to this on Keeley right I now? I have no idea who's still listening right now, but I mean, if they need to hear it again, it'll be on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, and so, so the whole NIEA thing. So I, I'm, I'm going rounds with this, these guys, Wilhelm Maya, Jan Ulrich, um, and, and so. I'm asked asked for my record my grandma's recordings. They didn't give them back, you know. And then they keep backtracking back and forth. And then they accuse me of copyright. And then they blast me in a press release. I ask them to take my grandmother's recordings down. They delete the comments, keep the recordings up, you know. Um, and then they take them down, put them back up, you know. And I ask them, don't use my grandmother anymore. Don't use her picture anymore. Nothing, none of this stuff, yeah. you know. And so. Um, Jan Ulrich still decided to use pictures of her and stuff in his in his um, presentation at Tuswecha. You know, it's like these dudes are almost taunting me a lot of the times. You know, so so I was like, all right, you know, um, I didn't go to the Tuswecha Language Summit because they were going to be there. I'm not going places to look for conflict. You know, all right, they're going to be there. I, I honor that. That's a, that's a, um, Mike's decision. That's the director's decision. So, all right, I'm going to stay. I don't need to be putting on a scene anywhere. You know, I'll respect that. I respect that. You know, right. so I'm not going to go. So I stayed home. And then I'm like, all right, well, we're going to go to NIEA in Omaha. It's in driving distance. So me and my wife and my dad go. Um, and uh, they're not going to be there, you know, in my head. They're not going to be there, you yeah. know. And then, like, Wednesday, Thursday night, um, my aunt texts my wife and says, hey, they're here. And does Ray know they're here? And I was like, and she, my wife was telling me, I was like, no. And like, yeah, they're here. And they have a picture of Unchi up. And oh, they're both. my God. That's so, just... so think about the whole backstory I told you, dude. And then I get this text from my aunt. And I'm like, okay. Like, these dudes are, like, taunting me, you know. So I'm like, okay. It was nighttime, so everything was closed. Like, I'm going to go down there first thing in the morning. And I'm going to get this stuff back, you know. And so, but I went, I went, I went there. It was closed. I went there, it was closed, and so I went to some sessions, and I was talking to uh, um, an elder, Cecilia Fire Thunder, I was talking to her, and, and had a good discussion and different things like that, and then she had mentioned that they were downstairs, and it clicked in my head, I was like, oh, that's right, you know, and so finished talking to, um, to Cecilia, and then, uh, so we start walking downstairs, and it's a huge escalator and different things, and so I asked, I asked one of them to record, because I don't want anyone lying about this, saying I tried to do this and I tried to do that. You know, I didn't want them lying about what was going to happen, you know, or what happened. Yeah. And so I'm going down there and, man, I'm praying the whole way, you know. It's like 
I love my job. I don't want anything to happen like that. I love my work. I love working with the kids. You know, I just want to keep doing this work. But let this long old escalator. Let, yeah, dude. I'm just repeating this and just let it be however it's supposed yeah. to be, man. Yeah. That that so that's that's the so I had a weird calm, man. It doesn't look like it, but I had a weird calm. You know, yeah. I didn't feel like I was ever gonna be violent. That wasn't my. That's not what I went down there for. Yeah, I wanted my grandma's stuff back. You know, and so and I had to look the dude in the eye, man. That was important. I had to look in his eye and see if you're really about this, what you're saying, you right. know. And so I went down there on that video. Um, who is I, who's the guy in the video? That's Wilhelm Maya. This okay. is the director of the LLC, the dude who makes all this money and he, you know, does all these things behind the scenes. And so, um, and that was one thing too. I asked him to bring down a. I thanked them and I asked them to bring down a recording. I said, thank you for transcribing and translating this recording of my grandmother or doing this recording, but please ask for my family. Please ask my family next time. I was trying to be nice. This is in the beginning of all this. And they said, we don't need your permission. We have the permission from Dolores herself. Like, dude, man. I was like, who? <laughs> like, this is a lot of the background that's been happening, right. you know? And so the, the whole story. Yeah, man. In one whole, little like, whole story just like coming together and so i and then that's when the video starts you know and 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 people can look that up online if they want you know it's 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 out there but i i confront the dude um i there were brochures of unchi in their brochures i take these i i i had to look him in his eye you know couldn't look me in my eye man and i was just like it was it had like i just I didn't mean for all of that to happen. Like I said, I didn't. I wasn't going to NIEA for conflict and different things like this. And he says, uh, "Are we going to have to call security?" He says, "You know." And I said, "I don't leave. You leave. I'm Lakota. You leave. You know. It's not me who leaves. It's you who leaves." So the cool thing about that is, I just got an email the other day from NIEA. And this is the conference in Omaha. This is the com. This is the national conference. My dad made a joke. Oh, you didn't want to raise Cain at, at the local conference. You you wanted to put a big story out at the <laughs> national thing. I was like, man, I didn't mean to do that. But I got an email from them, and they said that they're no longer going to be allowed at their at their at the next NIEA conference. I'm curious why now. Yeah. Like, I feel like I want to interview them now. Be, I, because of the data sovereignty stuff and because, because of that because they're so they're so grounded in education and in sovereignty and different things they they kind of had mentioned that and so um so i i didn't get banned from their conference and i didn't get kicked out and none of that opposite so the yeah. opposite happened you know and this is like something that doesn't happen this to doesn't guys. happen dude this man, doesn't, doesn't happen, happen to Indian guys that's like pennington county coming down and being like you know what we did take your land didn't we <laughs> here's it here it is take it back <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah man so it's like like and 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 everyone was all fired up you know sending it to my friends they're all fired up like oh man and this and that and then i sent and then i shared what they said in the email and they're all like oh that's so awesome like yeah. it, was, it was it was a cool little ending to it all you know what i'm saying and so we don't know what's 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 going to happen now what that remains to be seen if our tribal councils if our education departments what they want to do you yeah know? that's that's up to them it's up to tribal sovereignty i don't have any control over them i'm just we're just going to keep moving forward you know and let the chips fall where they may it's out of our hands kind of thing yeah you know as long as we just keep being ourselves whatever happens is out of our control so you know we'll, we'll see 
I guess, where go where it goes from from here. If anyone's still listening, <laughs> two and a half hours later, dude. Yeah, Ray, this is um, it's not my longest. It's not my longest interview, but it's up there. Um, Ray, thank you so much for talking with me, sharing you sharing with me your story. I really do appreciate it. Um, for Keeley Radio News and Public Affairs, Arlo Ironclaw, yeah, Doke Shah. We'll talk to you guys again.